Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, in this episode. 310 i am joined as always by my co-host prez that is at underscore presidente on twitter prez how are you doing on this uh thursday evening draft is done which means my work is done i'm relaxed i'm zen whatever happens happens are you zen is that no? Are you Zen? No, that's not true at all. <laughs> I'm not Zen. I have very strong preferences that I I have many hills I would die on. <laughs> I just what that means is I tweet about those hills less. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about like somebody's. You don't have to die in like a shot in mechanics hill right now. I mean, there's always that that time always exists. That that's beyond time and space. <laughs> Uh, we're we're going to talk about a lot of things, uh, a lot of interesting, um, a lot of interesting news. Eh, not even necessarily news, but morsels, rumors coming out of uh, the slop. Knicks, yeah, slop coming out of the Knicks verse. Um, but before we get started with all that, I have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at the Strict Online on Instagram. We're posting all kinds of new content on there. The Strickland. Also, has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are watching it on there and you haven't done so already, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That would be a huge help to us. Strickland also has merchandise. Check it out on our website. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, water bottles, even coffee mugs. It's all there. So check that out. And then finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a six-star tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to... The Strickland Mailbag, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. The Doug Bag, alongside Dallas Amico, that comes out every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There is a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There is a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like listening on our pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. And finally, this podcast would not be possible without Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, so yeah, we can... Uh, we we can start with I mean shit we just got a fucking stupid Woj bomb right now if you want to start with that uh, yeah I just pulled that out yeah Sacramento yeah. Kings forward Harrison Barnes a key part of the franchise's rise into Western Conference contention has agreed on a new three year fifty four million dollar contract extension his agent Jeff Schwartz of at XL Basketball tells ESPN gotta say just eighteen a year for three years Harrison Barnes is a fucking master how many how, this he's got to be above two hundred million now for his career. 
which is fucking insane. He's in the the Hall of Fame of 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 bag <laughs> of bag getters, along with uh our Washington duo John and Bradley. Yeah, I mean, well, they're just. I mean, Brad is in another fucking. He's like the LeBron James of yeah, whatever the opposite of fumbling the bag is, just swindling the bag. Perhaps. Yeah, he. I mean, he got a no trade clause. Bradley Beal is. He is the master. Um, the no trade clause on that contract was like, like a like like Kobe scoring like eighty one. That's what that was. That's just like magnificent. I gotta say, I want to throw this out there. I mean, I know this isn't how you wanted to start, but we're gonna start with this because it literally <laughs> happened. No joke. Like as I finished my uh, capitalist read, um, my ode to capitalism that I do at the start of every pod. No, uh, <laughs> like. All right. Also, like the Knicks last year, okay, they trade. I understand eleven. The eleventh pick is not the twenty fourth pick. I understand it's mm. the Knicks actually got one. They had a clear. They, I mean, they knew who they were going to sign, right? They knew that it was for Brunson. I'm sure they had an idea for Isaiah Hartenstein too, CAA. Like they knew who they were clearing their cap space for. They actually got assets back in the trade. However, you feel about those assets, I'm not arguing that. I'm I'm just saying they did get assets back in the trade. And they cleared a hell of a lot more space. Granted, they had to attach uh, six second-round picks to it, too. But they cleared a lot more space. They cleared, what is it? I think something like $26 million or something. Over, like, I, It's just a lot more space. Um, I don't really, like, the Barnes contract doesn't really bother me that much. I don't really think it's, I, I don't know if he's actually that good anymore. So I'm not sure I love it. But, like, it's whatever. Um, like, People gonna flip out because fifty four sounds like a lot, but eighteen really isn't a lot. All things considered, like that's less than Fournier made, and Fournier people think it's not with Fournier. It's not as much either. Like you're getting, you're getting a guy who like yeah, he's not great, but he's like fine. And there's a continuity and locker room benefit as well. And like we know they were considering Kuzma and. Apparently the Rockets are gonna go crazy and throw a bag at him, um, probably well above eighteen million. So uh they're that I I'm pretty sure that was gonna be the Kings target, but they probably didn't wanna go quite as high as the Rockets are about to go. I'm sure they kicked the tires on Dre, but in my opinion, Dre and Sack was never a good fit either for Sack or for Dre. He's probably just gonna return to Golden State unless Portland does something wild. Um so after those guys, I mean, like, Sacramento is a team that's trying to win now, right? Like, they could go for an upside guy, like, say, Obi Toppin. But, like, but, are there other I mean, like, uh, quasi-fours there? Who, like, that's why I Kuzma, agree with you. I think it's just... Kuzma was on the board. So they clearly, to me, they either mm -hmm. didn't want him or they didn't want to hit the number he wanted or he didn't want them. But there's only... Yeah. There, yeah. There's, only, there's only those three options. Um and and it doesn't really matter to me who or what they end up with. The fact is, like, they didn't. I, I find it very difficult to believe that they just move off the twenty fourth pick in a draft that you believe is, and not just you. A lot of people believe had a lot of very good depth pieces still available at the at the pick they gave up twenty fourth. Um, mm -hmm. Just to move off Rashawn Holmes's contract, which, like, I get is twelve million dollars of basically dead cap space in her sheet, but. It just feels like very much like a let's just use this pick to get off this bad contract without a clear idea of 
who or what you were targeting, or even if you could get the player or players that you specifically wanted to target. Now, maybe they wanted to bring back Harrison Barnes on, you know. No, Kuz was definitely, I mean, there's still, there's still Grant Williams, however you feel about that. Um, and after that, yeah, it's like you're talking role player dudes, Kata Bates, Jop, um, you could trade for Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, PJ's not going anywhere, probably. P, uh, Yang from Philly. That's really Uncle Jeff. <laughs> like, <laughs> slim pickings. Yeah, I just, to me, it's bonkers. I, I don't really understand it. Um, I think they just, it's what you said. They probably were banking on a very limited market for Kyle Kuzma with Barnes as their fallback. That was probably their plan. And I think the Rockets um, caught them off guard. I think the Rockets, for people who didn't know, there's also there's rumors not not only that the Rockets are going to pay Kyle Kuzma a big number, but they're also going to go two years, 80 or 82 million for Fred Van Vliet. I think they caught the Raptors off guard with that as well. Um, even though they hired Udoka and we've been, Joking, but not joking about how uh, he didn't, you know, he wasn't hired to bring a childcare and everybody and their mama knew that this team needed vets. I think a lot of teams around the league probably thought they would do the rebuilding thing of like vets who still won't interfere with, you know, touches for for their young players, Whitmore, Amen, Jalen, Jabari, my son, Tari. Um, uh, KPJ is going to be out of there probably, so not him. But even those guys, like, and they said, nope, fuck all that shit. We're getting not just vets, but players who can hoop who are in their primes. And, you know, however you feel about that, I think it is something a lot of teams, you don't see that a lot in the NBA, right? Like, rebuilding teams don't go 0-60 to 60 like that for the most part. Um, they... They get a couple vets, and then they have seasons to season their kids, and and then eventually you you add like high cost talent, prime talent. Once your kids are coming, like approaching their prime, and uh, I think this is just the Kings kind of made a a bet that they thought had less risk than it probably actually did, and as a result, like. It's not, like you said, it's not the end of the world. Harrison Barnes is fine. Keegan's going to be better than last year, right? Like, and he can play the four. Um, but I promise you, this is not, this was not their plan A. Yeah, it just. Uh, and giving up the pick, like you said. It just feels like, you know, you had your full bird rights on him. They had, but they cleared, I think that cleared up to 34 million in space. So that yeah. got them up to 34 million in space. Um, he could have just kept him and we'd have had the full mid-level available to you. I think who? Uh, Barnes, they could have just re-signed him and had the full mid-level available to them, even with Rashawn Holmes and the 24th pick, whatever they picked on the roster. Um, I guess the, the other thing I'm assuming they're going to do this is they're going to renegotiate and extend um, Sabonis. So maybe that's the reason for clearing the space. It just feels, again, like I don't know. They were going to do two things at least because I don't care how, like, even the Rockets are not going to go 34 or 33 for Kuz. 30 is like the max they'll go. 
And even, I don't know about that. So like, yeah, I, I think they were trying to create space to do a few things. And, uh, I mean, they have, they certainly have the space now to do some things, but, uh, it, it's not, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, like you said, it's one thing, it's one thing to miss your first target and end up taking your second target, right? That's not uncommon. But when you give up a solid pick to prepare to do that, um, then that hurts a little bit. And uh, I know if like the Knicks did something like that, I'd be pretty pissed. Um, I, th- that being said, they do have they do have amount of a decent, not as much as the Knicks, but they have a decent amount of like young players who need minutes. But it's in terms of like picking a player and them being blocked from getting minutes. I don't know if that's the case for them, right? Because they still don't have great like front court. Like who's their their bench forwards? They don't have one. That's the, that was the entire yeah. point of the space, right? It was like, oh, like there's all these fours on the market. Maybe they can grow they have one. Guards, yeah. and that's it. I, I mean, look, maybe they can still do something. Like they have about what they should have about sixteen and a half million in space, depending on what this contract starts at. Um, like they still have some numbers to do something. Like maybe they can trade Obi Top and get him in and. You know, like there's options. I'm not saying that they have to trade for Obi, but they have space. Maybe they can do something with it. But yeah, you gotta you gotta think like at least on the surface right now in real time, this doesn't feel like a great start for them. All right. Anyway, enough about uh, the. uh, This wouldn't be an off season episode of Pod Strickland if we didn't. Start out prioritizing discussion of the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, why? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the Sacramento Kings here. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the real news that we wanted to get to is that the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, did not extend Dylan Windler a qualifying offer. Huge news uh, breaking. Huge news for James Buke. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dylan Windler in that draft. No, we're going to talk. He's solid. Yeah, I like. He still is solid. He just got to fucking say healthy, this guy. Um, right. All right, anyway, enough about actual bullshit that I'm sure three, I, like 10 people already turned off this podcast. Um, all right, no, we wanted to talk about the Knicks, the Knicks, a few things. Let's let's talk with, you know, like you said, you wanted to start with kind of the stream of news that we got kind of dumped on us all of a sudden. Um, but the most, I mean, look, it started with Woj and Shams almost simultaneously reporting that James Harden was opting into his contract. At which point? Well, it started with Josh Hart. Well, was that the first one? I thought the first one was just that James Harden had opted in, and then we got the Josh Hart news. Oh, maybe because the first tweet was just like, and it's funny because I nearly stopped reading it. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I knew the ESPN was like, oh, they're running it back. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was like, oh, he's opting in, and I was like about to stop reading it because I'm like, oh, I guess, damn, the market sucked for him. I guess he's just they're running it back another year, and I was like, and they're working together to get a trade. I was like, wait, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, we got the news that Harden's going to be on the move. And right after that, he followed up with the Knicks would be interested in the Knicks and the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers were initially reported then he dropped the Knicks in there. And right after that, we got the news that Josh Hart had opted into his, uh, player option for 12.9 million. Um, we all expect and I would be like, I don't know if I could be more shocked about anything than if Josh Hart was not extended in August when he can be extended at that point. Um, but anyway, he opted in and it was just like, all this shit is going on. Then you have the reporting. It's like, 
I don't know. I, I'll let Prez. You can you can walk us through this. Uh, you know, what were your feelings, your emotions? How is your mental state of being? Do you need to talk to your therapist? After well, before the the tweet about the Knicks being involved, I was just like puzzling. And we'll talk about this, but like Philly's in a weird spot, right? And they just have like it's weird because strategy wise, you assume pivoting from doc to nurse means something just because you don't hire nurse for the status quo and you don't hire nurse for, uh, you know, the expected veteran management of a competitive playoff team. You hire nurse cause he's about to change some shit up. And then, uh, on top of that, you have Embiid who's, an MVP, but he's also 30 and he doesn't have, well, how many years he has left in his deal? Uh, Harden? Or sorry, who is this? Uh, Embiid Embiid has two. Yeah, two, which is not a lot. So, you kind of have him. You're never going to get proper value for him if you trade him right now. You're you're certainly not going to get what people's first first reaction is when you think of, oh, an MVP is traded, right? You expect the sun and the moon and the stars because um, he gets hurt and he's 30 and he's on the wrong side of 30 now and he hasn't gotten his team far in the playoffs ever. So, um, and then they have Daryl Morey who's like, this is the guy who's willing to play games of chicken with his own free agents and his own players and all types of shit. So he's I don't know if he's unpredictable, but he's his playbook is a little bigger than other front offices' playbooks in terms of just shit he's willing to do. Although we do know some of the things he likes. So I say all that to say, like, I don't really know what the fuck the 76ers are doing. And Harden deciding I'm out is not entirely surprised. We all thought he was going to go to Houston, right? Um, and now that, like, he's going to go to L.A., the first thought was like, okay... There can't be, they can't be punting on an Embiid season. So maybe Paul George is going back, and then you think about it from the Clippers' perspective, and it's like, wouldn't I mean that's exchanging stars is not like crazy, but it's also kind of weird because like I know Schwinn has been saying they should hit the reset button, and they probably should, right? They're they can be competitive and sell tickets and get into the playoffs and do all that shit, but they're not fucking with the Suns or the Nuggets. I think they could beat the Suns actually. I mean, if they were this is the thing, if they're healthy, they can beat the yeah, Suns. That's true. That's fair. The Suns are whack. The Suns apparently Kawhi is a force. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he owns Durant. Like they they could beat mm-hmm. they could beat the Suns, but like this is the thing. I they have not. They've gotten their asses kicked by Jokic for a couple of years now. And Jokic is ascending. Like, he's in his prime right now. Obviously, he's literally getting better. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, literally the best forget. player in the world right now. Um, and getting better. <laughs> yeah, it's Jamal Murray is probably going to get better because he's getting better. Yeah, he probably coming back from. Yeah, this is the first time he's looked. I mean, they've talked about it a lot, right? This is the first time he was really comfortable with his body since the injury. Yeah, I, I need like people to pump the brakes a little bit on you know Jamal Murray is like. <laughs> 
you know, fucking... did you know he did push-ups in the <laughs> Canadian Tongass wilderness? It's just growing up. That, I'm like, and then, you know, that's child abuse, right? Yeah. People like, yeah, that's a gritty story. Also, child abuse. Yeah. Like, also, like people like comparing him to guys like you know, I don't even get like, look, I don't even love Trey Young, but I don't know how you compare those guys because like Jamal Murray's never had to do what Trey Young's had to do. Never. His playoff numbers are as good as anybody's, but it's you can't remove it from the context of playing off of the best player. That's the thing. Like I like he's I, I subscribe to the theory that because of his injuries and other weirdness, true Jamal Murray might be closer to playoff Jamal Murray than regular season Jamal Murray. But we've still never seen any Jamal Murray without Jokic. And that's fine. But like a lot of these other guys, like you, like you said with Trey or Brunson, for example, like these guys are carrying the weight. They don't. They don't have an MV fucking P. Like that's not nothing. That's a massive fucking deal. Like, and it's it's weird to me because people acknowledge Jokic like oh multiple time MVP now I'm champion or whatever. But like, if this was LeBron, if he was playing with LeBron James, people would understand it. Well, he wouldn't be like, getting any credit. <laughs> that's what would happen. Ooh. Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we've seen it with Kyrie. Like, I think people acknowledge, like, the Cleveland ship with Kyrie, for example. Like, of course, Kyrie played a hugely important role. But, like, this is fucking LeBron James' team. And I don't think anybody's saying – nobody's saying, like, this is Jamal Murray's team. But, like, you're putting him on the level – like, it, it. it's similar to Kyrie in the sense that, like, Kyrie's not going to carry a team like that, but we've at least seen Kyrie put up numbers on teams as the number one threat and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, it's I do agree. weird. It, it's I, I, weird. And I like Murray. I just the conversations he's been putting now, I'm like, let's slow down a little bit. It's kind of like when, I mean, I hate doing this because I fucking really despise the player. Uh, I really despise James Harden, but like, it's kind of like when people were trying to put Clay above James Harden. You know that happened, like, and it was like, right? Like, let's relax. Like, I like Clay more than Harden too, but they're not even doing the same things. Like, this they is, have different jobs. Yeah, like very, <laughs> very different jobs. Um, <laughs> but to go back to what you're talking about, like, yeah, look, I, I just don't. The Clippers thing is so weird to me because it's like when you make a bad investment, at some point you just have to cut off the investment and and try to get back what you can and, and move from there. And it just feels like they're not interested in doing that because the reporting that came out after from Windhorse and others is like they're not trying to move Paul George and get James Harden in. They're trying to move Harden in and make this big three. And it's like, I just don't I don't get it. Like I, I'm sorry. Like I, I understand the star power and I understand they're moving to a new stadium and James Harden. Is- That's what it is. It's, it's an investment, but not in the – the basketball sense, it's a low odds bet on the court. It's a fucking, but for but for for just revenue for the new stadium, like you're gonna make the playoffs, you're gonna sell out every you're, fucking you're, game. You're going for broke. I mean, it's it's not about basketball. It's just about making sure that you get as many people to come to that stadium as as you can. And maybe you know, maybe as a as a fan and somebody just thinking about it in the lens of basketball, it's tough to wrap my head around that. But like. Basketball wise, it's just a dice roll. It's, it's like a it's like a less insane version of what happened in Brooklyn. Like we can say what we want about like that Brooklyn trio, but like they were fucking hooping when they all played, which was only like fifteen games, sixteen or whatever, games. But sixteen games, right? But like 
um, I, we know they were there. Yes, they were there to like win, but not really, right? Like they were just there to kind of hoop together. And I'm not saying that the three LA guys, uh, which is what they are, are you know they're not like I think they are all interested in winning very much. But like from a front office perspective, it's like okay, if we can guarantee wild gate receipts for our new stadium and have a puncher's chance, and like we can figure out what we do, how we pivot after, then like we'll fucking roll with that because we'll be rolling in dough from the new stadium and making some noise because you know, you know how this shit is in places like New York and LA. Like you open a new stadium, like you remember how fucking hard the Nets tried to like really just separate themselves when they moved to Brooklyn. They tried to like make it a big fucking deal. And well, that was, that was the big thing about the mellow trade, right? It's like they wanted mellow to kind of be the headline guy. And then when obviously the Knicks got mellow, then they shifted and they got Darren Williams, but they wanted a guy. That was the big thing they wanted and needed in their, they, they felt obligated to have a guy. And I, I look again, yeah. I don't understand. I think it's usually important to them to open a new stadium with not running it back if possible, because like they're competing with LeBron James in terms of headlines and tickets. Like we can say what we want about that Lakers team, actual playoff chances, but like, Clippers, you mean. you're not you're not gonna you're sharing the stage with a with a very bright light there. So the only way to really compete is to do some splashy shit, and then maybe it bites you on the back end, right? Which is which is the that's the question, right? Is like Harden has he's opting in, so you got to figure out what the fuck to do after you give up shit. Maybe they don't have to give up picks. I don't know. Like the that's the other piece here. Like I do wonder. Uh, like, yes, they should rebuild, but if the cost for Harden is anywhere near as cheap as the cost for a lot of these other recent trades where it's just, like, some bullshit pick and players who are, like, whatever, then I kind of get it unless you plan on for sure extending and, and aging James Harden, in which case then it becomes a little dicey, but, like, for a one-year puncher's gamble while you open a new stadium, like, shit. If it's just, like, a protected first and Nick Batum and some bullshit, like, I don't, I, I would do that shit ten times out of ten. Yeah, I mean... Would you even want to sell these guys now as opposed to, like, later with the way these deals are going, right? Like... I would be... I'd be fucking... I'd, here's my thing. If you are going to get hardened then why not trade off Paul George, who I assume has more value than Kawhi just because he plays more? Um, like, if, like, Har- what do you mean, why? What's up? What do you mean, why? Why not trade one? Like, I, I don't, because I, I just don't. Because you want to keep the three really good players together. I mean, if they're if they're not going to play a lot of games together, does it matter? And, like, if I don't think I have a chance of contending, does it matter? Like, I look, man, I've watched James Harden year after year after year find a way to fucking trip over his dick in the playoffs. I've watched year after year after year after year of watching Paul George and Kawhi Leonard not be healthy. I mean, Kawhi, the last time the guy finished a fucking playoff series on the floor healthy was the bubble, you know? And, like, the last time Paul George finished a playoff series healthy was the year after that when they played the Suns. Since then, it's been two years. They didn't make the fucking playoffs in 2022. I get that, but if you can't get much for them right now, then what, like, what is the downside of just, like, well, do you, giving it a year. Well, okay, so in a year, 
Let's say this. Let's say mm-hmm. I'm Kawhi and I'm Paul George. And you have James Harden now, okay? Who's a free agent at the end of this year? Let's not forget that. Let's say Paul George and Kawhi Leonard opt out of their player options. They opt out. And all three of those guys are free agents, and all of them are like, give us the max or we're not coming back. So you, so what you lose out on is... But you're not opening what? the stadium until next year. So they can hold that against you as leverage. Like, hey... Oh, it's not this upcoming season? No, it's the season. It's it's next season. That's why I don't understand Wait, this. wait. So it's the next NBA season or the next... It's 2024-25. I see. This whole time, I thought it was next yeah. year. People are going to listen to this podcast like, Prez is an idiot. And then 20 minutes I in. told you. This is off-season Prez. <laughs> the draft is done. I'm not tapped in like that, all right? This is clueless share Prez. Um, <laughs> this is summertime Prez. I'm out here. <laughs> In my home, comfy, not paying attention. No, I just look. I just, I, just, I don't know. I don't really understand it. I think it's a, no. That that's like that. Jokes aside, like that's that's crazy leverage. That's like one thousand percent. Like if legit, I would, like if I'm them, I'd be like the first thing if they got hardened. The first thing I'm doing if I'm Paul Jordan and Kawhi, I'm gonna end them up and be like, listen, we're all opting out together, and then we're gonna make this motherfucker pay us because he's got no options. Like, and he's got a bazillion fucking dollars. Yeah, he, he literally has. Because if the point is we need these guys, we want to have the star power when we open the stadium. Guess what? Yeah, then they have you by the nuts. Yeah, they, they have you by the nuts. Like I, I just, I think it's bananas. And like that's why I thought when the Paul George rumors were kind of floating around, I think that's why. We, yeah, yeah, what I, what I'm guessing happened is they quietly <laughs> explored the market for Paul George. The offers were not great, and and then they were like, okay, well, then how can we? try and make this happen with this team this hardened situation i don't know how exactly it came about maybe he got went he caught wind with of what they were was happening with them and whatever and it's like okay well if we can get hardened then fuck it let's just run it and see what happens and it's like i just to me this does not feel like this feels like an owner thing this feels very much like bomber being like i need stars i need to make sure that we have enough guys from the open stadium and my thing with this is like if you traded Paul George, are less people going to come to your games? Honestly, like is Paul George this mega fucking draw at the gate that I'm not aware of? Has you have you ever heard somebody in your life be like, "Yo, <laughs> I gotta go see Paul George live"? Who says that? Who has ever I mean, said that in their just life? Just Yeah, but, but even, that's it. <laughs> but even you, you're only saying that because you're like, "Well, I I gotta go see Paul George live because I can catch it for like twenty bucks in the at whatever the fuck the Wizarinas fucking." Capital. Paul George is one of the one of the OG presbates. Yeah, but you wouldn't go see it if he was at the Garden and to pay hundred and fucking two hundred fifty bucks for a decent seat. Listen, I'm not fucking seeing Jalen Brunson at the Garden that's, for two hundred right. fucking dollars. That's, right. that's my point. Like he's not a he's not a draw like that. Like I can actually see the Harden. I could see the Harden argument. Like I could see that being like well, Harden's he's a draw. A bigger name, bigger name, flashier game, whatever. Like hmm. I could see it, I I can I can get that, and I can get the Kawhi thing because Kawhi has the pedigree, right? You know the claw, fucking, you know I'm a I'm a fun guy, ha ha ha, the crazy laugh. He's obviously won championships. DJ Kawhi might be the the least the the lowest ratio in terms of like production to box office jaw in like the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> and you got the you feel me like like what other stars are really like 
Like, nope, when they're healthy, they're fucking phenomenal, but, like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. Um, and, like, I love Kawhi, but I very rarely, except for, like, until the playoffs, am I like, man, just got to tune in for Kawhi right now. Because I'm just like, I know exactly what Kawhi's going to do. He's going to, like, Kawhi, he's right? going to do the robot, like, between the legs dribble 15 times, bop, 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 raise up for a 15-footer. And then it's just like, and then he'll run back or jog back like nothing ever happened. Um, but, yeah, like, I... I don't know, man. The Clippers thing to me is fucking crazy. Um, and I just think all these teams, like, I think it's a, I understand the returns right now that you're probably staring at for some of these dudes is not what you want. And you know what? It's not what you could have gotten last summer. I am. A, I get that. I get that. And look, this is why I thought last summer was a crazy time to start trading for guys. Cause I was like, this market makes no sense. You can go back and listen to pods we did last summer. I, that's what I said the entire time. I was, Starting with the DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Everybody was. Yeah. I was like. This, there were some things people said, yeah. man. We tried to tell y'all. Yeah, I was saying the entire time. I was like, these prices are crazy. You got to wait for them to come down. I don't care how long it takes. Um, but like they were. And it didn't take long. No, and they, and they were always going to come down because it's not sustainable. You can't. I mean, look at how many teams made these. We saw it the last time there was a like a frenzy in the, the what was it? 2016 cap spike? Yeah, whatever. But I mean, that's cap space. It's a little bit different. But like you can't. The price for every good player, just good player, can't be two unprotected picks. Like, that's not sustainable in terms of there are just not enough teams that are going to be able for that to, to work itself out. Like, you're trying to tell me every single time I trade for, like, DeJounte Murray's a good player. I, I like making fun of him. I like going over the top and shitting on him. He's a good player. You're trying to tell me, like, every good player that made an all star game as a fucking injury reserve or alt- whatever you want to call it. Uh, as an alternate, basically, that they're worth two unprotected picks, a third, a third protected pick, and an unprotected pick swap. That's fucking crazy to me. That's insane. And then if you, if by the same token, we suggest that for Randall this year, then people are like, no, 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 you can't do that. It's Julius Randall. I'm like, what is? I'm sorry. What has Dejounte Murray done in his career? Has he made an All NBA team ever? No. Has he sniffed one ever? No. He made an All Star team once by accident, basically, because somebody broke their fucking toenail. Okay, cool. Randall's on that twice, and I don't see anybody talking about him like that. So, to me, this entire market never made sense. It's a kind of a house of cards that came down. I think this new CBA really forced teams to get real, and because of that, like, you have... Like, I'm sure the Clippers were like, alright, you know what probably happened? They were probably like, you know what, this is, probably, this is a great time to get out of the Paul George business. Let's get the fuck out of this. Let's... You know what, we're, we're, we're out two first-round picks still. We're out of pick swap in 2025. Let's just fucking, you know, let's let's trade let's trade Paul George. Let's kind of recoup some draft. Let's let's get back to neutral at least with our draft capital, and we're we're okay. We can we can move forward after this year. Most of our expiring contracts come off the books. It'll be fine. And they probably went out there looking for those offers. And the best offer they probably got was like the Knicks being like, "We'll give you R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, and a protected first. And that was like the offers. That was probably the best offer they got. Um, and like they don't want to do that now, but because they're 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 hoping and they're praying and they're almost like willing it to happen. Oh no no, the market will come back. Some the market is gone, baby. It is gone. Like this new CBA has forced. And even if it even if it did it did magically return, like you said, two of your three players are looking at a new contract. So like at worst. You're looking at signing trades or trading them mid-season as expirings, which it, it doesn't matter. Even if you're really fucking good, like unless you're like an MVP candidate, you're probably not going to get much for an expiring star or 
a signing trade at the end. It, it's just how it works. So like, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I don't think the wait for the market thing is really realistic. Yeah.